Thank you for joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. My special guest host tonight is B.B. Diamond of Our Urban Story, which you can see on Saturdays on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. B.B., how are you tonight? I am doing wonderfully. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Good, good, good. You know, we're in the holiday season. I know a lot of people are out shopping about getting gifts and presents. But one of the things that we don't want to forget is the reason for the season. I remember when Trump was in office, President Donald Trump, he got office back in 2016, and he said that he wanted to bring back Merry Christmas. And I don't know about you, BB, but I hear a lot of people saying it now. Merry Christmas. Uh, some yeah. will say happy holiday, happy holiday, but I am finding that, and this is in liberal New York City, a lot of people are saying Merry Christmas. Have you found that to be so? I think so. I think people are getting more comfortable saying Merry Christmas again. I'm seeing Walmart this year having more Christmas decorations and Christmas sweaters. So I think you're absolutely right. I, I agree with you. And I'm glad because... We need to bring back Christmas and recognize why we celebrate it, because it is the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you don't believe in that, that doesn't mean that you can't wish me a Merry Christmas, because there are other religions that have holidays, and I will always acknowledge their holidays when I'm speaking to them. So it's okay, folks. It's safe to say Merry Christmas. You're not going to die. You won't uh, have a heart attack. It's okay. Just let it flow. And I'm so glad that President Trump spoke up and said, we need to bring it back. Because there are a lot of Christians, believe it or not, that won't see it. I remember when I was a kid and they introduced Merry Xmas. And at the time, I thought, oh, wow, that's so neat. As opposed to saying Christmas, I can say Xmas. Little did I know that there was part of an indoctrination to take Christ out of Christmas and to change it up. But as I grew older, I grew wiser, and I was on to what they were doing, what they were trying to redefine the holiday, redefine Christmas, to take Christ out, to make it more palatable, more acceptable, more secular, so to speak, to different people so they can say, oh, yeah, it's Xmas, Merry Xmas. And people would like, you would see all over Xmas, Xmas, but now, slowly, like we said, the tide is turning and it's changing. And I'm so glad about that. Unfortunately, there's one tide that I wish would completely change and turn around. And that is the DEI, diversity, inclusion, exclusion, and inclusion, I think it is. And my topic tonight, what we're going to discuss, is that DEI is racism on steroids. And you might be asking, well, where are you going with this? Why did you decide to talk about this? Well, goes back to, again, 2016 when Trump came into office. And even before then, when Barack Obama was in office, there was an undercurrent of trying to re-identify, redefine different things in society. There's always been a push to make Black people, people of color, feel as if though the world is against them, and definitely the United States, and that they're oppressed, and that here we are in 2023, and that the weight of the oppression is upon them, and that white people are sitting around their dinner tables and breakfast tables thinking of ways 
to destroy black people, to stop black people. That's just not true. And if it is true, why is it, I would ask, that you have people at the border crossing the border illegally to come to the United States? Do you mean to tell me that they want to taste or they want to test that racism, that oppression, that people of color are encountering, that oppression that the left is constantly telling us is all around us, and that we can't believe white people, we've got to look down on them. Barack Obama, the former president, produced a movie, I think it's on Netflix, can't think of the name of the title, not that it matters, but it stars Julia Roberts and another uh, actor, black actor, Manshari or something. But in the movie, deals with the end of the world. But there is a dialogue between these two black individuals, a couple. And it goes something to the degree of she's saying, you know, we can't believe everything that we see. We can't trust it, especially things that come from white people. We can't believe them. Now, Bibi, I thought it was interesting because I, I played that again. I paused it and I played it again. I'm like, no, she's saying that. And they're trying to be woke. We can't believe everything that people say, especially white people. Well, if that's true, why is it that when these same people that you're saying we can't trust come out with diversity and equity and how we're being oppressed, we're supposed to believe them? And I heard someone say the other day that if anyone has benefited from DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, it has been, believe it or not, white people, definitely white women. Now, I know some of you will say, well, yeah, but and the heads of these groups, they're, they're black and they're black women. And we read, heard, read the other day that there was a black woman for Facebook, from Facebook who's just been charged for bilking them from millions of dollars the head of diversity and equity. We heard that Oklahoma State is now saying we're getting rid of diversity and equity. And there are a lot of other companies that are saying this is a waste of time, we're getting rid of it. But the people that have benefited from the most are white women, white people. And they're telling us that we're being oppressed. Meantime, they're hiring foot soldiers, these black women, it's always black women, to lead these diversity and equity departments. And the only thing that it is, as I said, is just racism on steroids. It gives you permission, almost, to discriminate. Boston, look at what happened in Boston with the mayor of Boston, who happens to be an Asian woman. She decided to have a holiday party, I think her name is Mayor Chu, and not invite white people, only people of color. And people of color just ran, went to the party, oh, we're going to celebrate, this is great. We don't have to worry about white people being there. Even on our university campuses, they have areas of safe areas whereby white people can't come because when I see a white person, I feel so stressed and you need to see a doctor if you're feeling that way. So that's what I want to talk about tonight. DEI, racism on steroids, and how we're turning the clock back, resetting the clock everything that we were against, that we were fighting against, saying that we should all be equal, content of character, we've thrown it out the door. And as I mentioned when I opened up, 
this kind of started with Barack Obama when he some, somehow dismissed a lot of Martin Luther King's teachings, just completely dismissed it, didn't even want to talk about it. And the media said nothing about it because they knew that he didn't care for Martin Luther King, just dismissed it. Nothing about the content of character. It's all about give to us, it's our turn, give it to us by any means necessary, lower the bar because black people can't get to the top. We need to lower the bar because they're, in, they, they're not capable of meeting those high standards. I think about your late beloved mom, BB, Barbara from Harlem, in the book she wrote, Escaping the Racism of Low Expectations. And I would encourage all of our listeners to pick up that book. I would also encourage you to go through the archives of Dr. Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform and read some of the, uh, read or listen to the podcast that we did with Barbara from Harlem and BB. I would definitely encourage that. And also pick up the book, which you can pick up on the America Out Loud platform, americaoutloud.news. BB, how are you tonight? And what are your thoughts on our topic, DEI, is racism on steroids? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. And I think this topic is very powerful. And I, I it's, it's one of the best topics I've ever heard. Uh, brilliant, actually. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is just another offshoot, if you will, of affirmative action. And I think this was put in place by the leftists because they knew that affirmative action may be uh, 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 ruled against the Constitution or outlawed, if, if you will. And that came true recently or last year when the Supreme Court ruled that colleges such as Harvard cannot really use race as a factor in their admissions decision because they were discriminating against Asians. Um, you're absolutely right. DEI means lowering the bar of excellence. And we see that, and I think, and you're going to get into this with Dr. Claudine Gay of Harvard University. She may be smart woman, PhD, but maybe there were other candidates who were better than her, but because she's a black female, she got the top job at Harvard. But it's now not really clear if she was really qualified for the position, not only because of the anti-Semitism, but allegations of plagiarism. The DEI is the, the good news, I should say. Uh, a number of universities are starting to uh, push this out, get rid of it. It's no good because, again, we're talking about hiring based on identification and not on qualification. And I just want to touch on, on a note about the racism coming from Black people. That's from Black leftists and liberals. Liberals and leftists, the godless gang, if you will, they really have nothing else. So they use race to try to separate and divide Americans. And it's disgraceful. And Obama is, he's toxic. He was an aberration and he should have never been president of the United States. Thank you. He should have never been president of the United States. And he is a very toxic person. And with all this going on, you would think he would come out. And I've said this on many of our shows. He would come out and say, let's take a pause. We don't have to agree on everything. But one of the things we want to agree with is that we're not a racist country. We're not a racist country. When he gave his speech 
There's no blue America. There's no red America. We all have red blood running through our veins. And people just went crazy over it. Oh, my God. This is so, this is so great. I rem even remember back in 1984 when Jesse Jackson gave, was a keynote speaker at the Democrat convention. And he's, his speech went around with, we'll rise, we'll rise up. And everyone fell in love with him, especially a lot of white liberals. Like, oh, my God, this is just incredible. But there was nothing behind the speech but rhetoric, the same dogma that they've been pushing for years. And now they've come up with DEI, diversity, inclusion, and equity and inclusion. And we want to get people in. What is, it? what is the equity? What are you talking about? Just to give to me, although I didn't work for it? Just give it to me anyway. That's not how it works. And that is the reason why people are coming in across the border, because they know if I get to America and if I work hard, I can achieve the unimaginable. But when it comes to black people, we want to tell them, oh, no, you can't. So we've got to divide everything up. Although you don't qualify, although you're not working hard, we're going to give it to you. Look at our young people. Smash and grab. We know that they're black. Let's just stop kidding around with ourselves. We see their pictures. We see them on the nightly news. Smashing and grabbing, destroying a lot of our great cities. Stores are shutting down in these neighborhoods. Is that what you want? That's diversity and equity? And then we have these woke attorney generals, prosecuting attorneys that won't do anything because of George Soros. They're looking the other way. Oh, it's okay. But once you have destroyed your community, as they did with Watts years ago, it is difficult to come back because all of the economy, all of the money leaves. Look at what's happening to Chicago. These same people that you're seeing, they're not paying their taxes. Well, Hunter Biden didn't pay his taxes. No one's going after him. But we want to go after the rich people because they're not paying their fair share. So what are they doing? They're leaving these big cities and say, you can have them. Then what happens to the tax base? What happens then? What is DEI? Where is that going to get you now? Because a lot of you black people don't have the companies that's going to generate the income. Why don't you have it? Well, you've let little Sally and little Tommy destroy everything in your neighborhood. So no one wants to stay there. So where's DEI going to get you then? When all the companies have left, well, I'll tell you who will benefit from it. The bougie black people like Barack and Michelle Obama. Oprah Winfrey, they'll benefit because they will have the means, BB, to leave those areas. Look at Oprah Winfrey, case in point. She left Chicago. She saw what was happening to Chicago with these liberal mayors, Lloyd Lightfoot and now Brandon Johnson. She decided to leave and go to California. Now that Gavin Newsom is doing much of anything, and now you have Karen Bass as the mayor of Los Angeles, but she's been isolated from all this because she can live in her big mansion and look down and keep telling black people, oh, it's racism and it's this. But she's making millions of dollars. She's a billionaire. While we're still stuck in the slums that they've created and they've allowed to perpetrate with these same old liberal politicians coming in and now they want to talk to us about DEI. It is nothing but racism on steroids and we need to stand up and we need to call it out. And that's what we're going to do here on After Dark with Robin Andrew. B.B. Diamond, what do you say? I often think about your lovely mom, Barbara from Harlem, and the book she wrote, Escaping the Racism of Low Expectations. A lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people talked about it. It's like, oh, my God, what is she talking about? But she was spot on. She was ahead of her time when she wrote the book. Bibi, what do you say? 
Thank you, Robin. Thank you for the kind comments about my mother. You're absolutely right. I mean, it, it amazes me how these liberals like Hillary Clinton, for example, and others want their children to go to the best schools, Princeton, Stanford, Brown University, NYU. In the meantime, they think that black students shouldn't have to pass standardized testing. Black math and science, that's too hard for black students. That is the uh, racism of low expectations. It's not the same as the Klan, okay? It's not physical um, racism, right? But it is mental and intellectual racism. You don't think Black people, our Black students, are good enough. So let's lower the standards. And then when our Black young children, our Black young men and women, they go out into the world to compete, they cannot they do not understand grammar. They do not understand basic mathematics because the standards were lowered to get them to pass high school. The problem is, and this is the problem that leftists and liberals continue to ignore because they don't want to face it. The problem is the fatherless generation. We have too many black children being born into broken and dysfunctional homes. Why do you have a 14-year-old who goes into Wawa with a bat and bashes things, steals things? What has happened to this 14-year-old, to this 12-year-old who brings a gun to school? More than likely, he doesn't have a relationship with his earthly father, and he does not have a relationship with his heavenly father. So they're living by the code of the street. And until Black people... Cut away the lies and stop blaming white people and face the broken home issue. We will not resolve this problem. You cannot fix what you do not acknowledge. So it's easier to blame white people, all racism, racism, and yet you see blacks rising through the ranks. How did Barack Obama get elected twice? It wasn't black people who would put him in the office because we're in the minority. It was whites and others. But we would keep spewing, spewing out these lies. Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson spewing these lies that you can't make it in America. And yet those two so-called reverends make at least six to seven figures per year. They're lying because all they have is demonizing white people. Where's the offer of jobs, hope and prosperity and talking to the black community about having intact homes? Because that's the root of the issue. You're spot on, B.B. Now, we're up against a commercial break, but I want to continue dissecting this, the fatherless homes, the low expectation, because there's definitely low expectation when it comes to Black people. And as I said, that is a reason why they created DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Let's give to them because they can't do it. So let's lower the standards. You're listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform, and my special guest host tonight, B.B. Diamond of Our Urban Story. We'll be back after this commercial break. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop. Look for ASEA 
Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart-healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides, with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It works. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. And we're back with the second half. And when we were in commercial break, BB Diamond and I were talking about it. And she said that this is, this triggers her when she talks about this. And it should, and it triggers a lot of people because there's definitely a low expectation set for black people. And then we always want to blame the white man. The liberal has done a magnificent job, BB, in creating this narrative that the white man is the reason why we have all these problems. Whereas when you look at Africans, modern day Africans that come here to America and succeed, some of the smartest people, they succeed and then they look at black people here and say, what is your problem? Oh, well, we can't do it because of racism, because they won't let us do this. My God, this is 2023. You can do whatever you want to do if you apply yourself. But many of them don't want to apply themselves. And why should they be, be when you have these bougie black people like Barack Obama, and Michelle Obama and Oprah Winfrey telling them, oh, we're going to give it to you. We're going to give you some. Don't worry about it. We're going to give it to you. I think about Oprah Winfrey when she was in Chicago and how she made a living with her talk show that was just gutter trash, some of the stuff she would have on it, but she was appealing to a group of people. She was appealing to black people. Oh, I'm going to give them this, and I'm going to talk about my husband this and how I'm going to do this, and I'm going to snap my fingers. But then she decided, oh, I'm tired of this. I want to elevate myself. I want to now appeal to the white people because that's where the money is. And then she turned her backs on black people. Whenever they were on the show, she had them sitting at the back. Whenever they would speak, she was constantly correcting their English. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, but on national TV, making them look like they're idiots. But see, this, is, this was the fabric that Oprah was cut from. She was okay doing that. And then when she decided to leave Chicago, oh, it's getting too bad. Let me go to California because here, you know, I can fit in with the hoity-toity people. 
because I've made it. I'm Miss Oprah. I'm Oprah. I don't have to be called by Winfrey. Oprah is a race peddler. Oprah will have her day at Judgment Day. And I hope she gets right with her God. And she's the same person who feels that there are many different ways to get to heaven. I'm sorry, Oprah, there's only one way. The Bible says there's one way. There are other ways that seem right. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. And see, that's the other thing, baby. We need to pick it back to the church. And that's the reason why the left wants to tear us away from the church. They don't want us anywhere near the church. Now, they'll talk about it. But when you go, they want to talk about, oh, this is how you can make money, as opposed to telling people about God's goodness and his grace and why he died on the cross. And then rose again on the third day so that we may have life abundantly. But it's this grit, rich, quick ministry. A lot of you are signing you're going to find your way to hell because of this, because you're not living by the book. You're not living by the book. It's by grace that we're saved. But some of you think, oh, my money is going to get me there. Oh, and there are all these 12 different ways. So if they can tear us from the church, and you look at the statistics, look at blocks in the church that has just almost eroded. It started, I think, in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s, 2000, forget about it. They don't have time for it. They're busy worshiping other things. And in its place, that is a reason why the family institution has been destroyed. That is a reason why we will fall for anything. That is a reason why we will fall for false teachings like Reverend Al Sharpton and his rainbow coalition that does nothing but shake people down for money. And then call out racism when he can't get what he wants. And then as you mentioned, Miss Diamond, during the, second, the first half of the show, the fatherless homes. Where are our fathers? Well, you've got a lot of these people, especially in the Democrat Party, got black women thinking, you don't need a man. You don't need a man. You can make it on your own. And that is the reason why this administration has all these women in these high positions. Where are the men? Look at what they're sending out. Look at the message that they're sending out. You don't need a man. You can run the show. The black man is no good. See, they, they're mad at the black man because the black man is independent. Black men are strong. We will think for ourselves. Yes, we went through a lot in slavery. We went through a lot before the civil rights. But we think for ourselves, and the Democrats don't want that because they see the black man is waking up. And he's saying, no, I can do it myself. And we saw this to be evident during COVID when black man said, no, I own a barbershop. I don't need your handouts. I own a car uh, repair shop. I don't need your handouts. I can do my own thing. And they didn't like it, and they wanted to shut them down. And then when it was time to vote, when they realized that they weren't voting for the Democrats, Maxine Waters came out and said, oh, black man, you disappointed me. Even Barack Obama said the same thing. This is all by design to tear up, to separate the black family. If we would only wake up and see it for what it is. I'm not telling you you have to be a Republican, but I am telling you that a lot of our values are rooted in conservatism. If we would only wake up and see it, Bibi, what do you say? I mean, you're absolutely correct. And we have to understand there's a strategy to really break down the nuclear family. And the root cause of this is godlessness. I mean, demonizing whites, demonizing Jews, or any group of people, that's not of God. So if you have Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter 
or any other Black person saying, well, white people are this, white people are that, just indiscriminately a blanket description of white people, that person is not of God. And I don't care if they have reverend, apostle, um, bishop in front of their names. That is not of God. You know, when Dr. King famously said, uh, talked about the content of the character, that reflects Christian values. Because the Bible tells us, for God so loved the, wor the world. It didn't say for God so loved black people, for God so loved white people, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. In Christianity, there is no color. In Judaism, there is no color. It is who you are as an individual. This is why, this is one of the blessings of the United States, unlike uh, uh, communist countries or Islamic countries, where they try to force you and pigeonhole you to be this or that. Here you can be anything you want. I don't care your color, race, or ethnicity. It's only those godless leftists and church members and leaders who sold out to them that will put an emphasis on race. They'll put an emphasis on race because they believe at the end of the day in Marxism. In, in, in Eastern Europe, Marxism was based on economics. Here, it's based on race because you have poor whites, poor blacks, poor Asians, poor Hispanics. So the dividing line in the United States is race. That's why you have CRT. That's why you have DEI. And you're absolutely right. The vast majority of DEI directors that I've seen, even at where I work at a financial firm, are Black women. We've got to get away from political identification and come together as Americans and as children of God. But when you follow the godless left, which resides primarily in the Democratic Party. So you have someone like Jesse Jackson who will follow them in order to gain power. It will confuse and it will divide people. And Jesse Jackson, Obama, Al Sharpton, Oprah Winfrey, Michelle Obama, they're all Joy Reid. They're going to pay for it. Thank you. There will be a serious penalty for what they're doing. Misleading people, misguiding people. We now see in Chicago, you have a lot of residents that are there that are speaking out. They're calling out the new mayor that's there, Brandon Johnson. They're telling him, we put you in office. We voted for you. And look at how you're turning your backs on us for other people. Well, see, he was nothing but a diversity hire. And I was doing some research, maybe, when I was doing my uh, pre-work for the show tonight. And I was just looking at the number of black mayors. And I remember back in the 80s, people would say, well, you know, if we just have a chance, give us a chance, meaning Black people, let us get there. Let us do it. Let us take control of our own fate. We'll do a much better job than the white man who's there that comes and asks for a vote. We vote for him and then we don't see him. Well, let's just look at this. We have right now the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, a Black woman. The mayor of New Orleans, Latoya Cantrell, a Black woman. The new mayor of Los Angeles, Karen Bass, she's black. Eric Johnson, a black man, the mayor of Dallas, who recently changed his party affiliation to become a Republican because he said that Democrats are not serious about crime. I, can, I salute him and I congratulate him. The mayor of Baltimore, Brandon Scott. The mayor of Chicago, Brandon Johnson. New York City mayor, Eric Adams. The mayor of D.C., Muriel Browser, 
the mayor of Little Rock, Arkansas, Franklin Scott. And the list goes on. Also got to mention the mayor of Boston, who happens to be a, I think she's an, of Asian descent. And the, what she's pulling by having like a separate party for people of color. And as I mentioned during the top of the show, a lot of black people failed for it. Oh, they were happy. Oh, yeah, we don't need the white people here. But I just gave you a laundry list of black mayors, with the exception of Eric Johnson, who changed his party over. What have any of these mayors done that was significant? Name one thing that was significant and beneficial. I think about the first black mayor of New York, David Dinkins. And during his time, he was only mayor for four years. He met with the crisis of the, the Crown Heights situation with the Jews and Blacks. Fast forward almost 20-something years later, look at where we are yet again with this Black mayor, Eric Adams. Eric Adams had the opportunity or had a chance, maybe, to be great, to do great things. But it wasn't to be so because he was placed in office, not because of what he was going to do, but because of his skin color. And you had a lot of liberal whites here in New York City that said, oh, give him a chance. We like him. We don't want Curtis Sliwa. We don't want any of those other guys. We want Eric Adams because he wears a nice suit. But what has he done for you lately besides bring down the quality of life in New York City? This will be a negative mark on his record. It will be a negative mark on all of these black mayors' records. And this will impact black people in the future because people will say we gave them an opportunity and look at what they did. And this is what we have been doing since the March on Washington. Listening to Democrats tell us both this way, both that way. I'm going back to the movie that Barack Obama is producing with the comment, the, the dialogue saying, don't trust white people. But we're believing them when they say, Vote this way. Don't vote for conservatives. Vote this way because you vote for conservatives. They don't like you. They're racist. But the main people are racist are the people who are telling you that the other side is racist. Look at Joe Biden. If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. He didn't stumble when he said it. He said it and thought nothing of it. Look at what he said about King. And what was it? What is the guy's name? He said that, you know, his death is more significant than King. George Floyd. George Floyd. Now, when he said that, I thought, no, he did not. Are black people going to say anything? They were quiet. Crickets. How dare you? They have reduced Martin Luther to just a footnote. And they have just like raised George Floyd up to be some hero. Look at all the times he had his a bust of George Floyd in all these different cities. And I thought, this is embarrassing. I felt embarrassed. I'm like, this man is a criminal and we're trying to raise him up. We're trying to say, this is the example that our black kids should follow. Absolutely, that's the example. That's the reason why you see black kids right now don't want a job. They're going into stores, smash and grab because they know, hey, if he can do it, why can't we? DEI. Racism on steroids. And it's shameful. And we have people who are of age, like Oprah Winfrey, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, who should be calling this out. Even the head of the NAACP, who's saying, if you attack Claudine Gay, you're a white supremacist. And see, that's something else they want to scare black people with, BB, white supremacy. The moment they hear that, oh, black people get all scared. 
I'm sure that there are some members of the KKK that are in the Democrat Party, probably a few in the Republican Party. But you think that that number is significant, that it's going to do harm to black people? If, is it so significant that people are going to stop crossing the border to taste some of that racism? What aren't blacks looking at? It is time to wake up. And I remember again, BB, your dear mom saying that she would go to Harlem and try to talk to people and say, here, here's the Constitution. Read the Constitution. Know about the Constitution. Wake up. In her book, she talked about her experience with the KKK and how she stood up. Why are Black people listening to this? Why are we always wanting to be the, the victim? Victimization. I don't want to be a victim. Never in my life did I want to be a victim. I've worked in many places whereby I was the only Black person, but I stood up. I'm like, don't give me a handout. I can compete just like the others. And you're the same way, BB. But yet and still, we have those who don't want that, who want to say that someone is after us. We've got to get off that mental plantation and free ourselves and know that I can do it just like everyone else. You don't have to lower the standards. BB, what do you say? You know, you're absolutely on point. There's a verse in the Bible. I believe it's in First Philippians. Uh, I could be in the book of Philippians. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Amen. You know, um, Black people have been, uh, I, I guess, covered, if you will, in this victimhood mentality. And I can understand maybe the years after slavery, because when you've been a slave and you've been tortured, I mean, you know, I can understand that. Here we are 200 plus years later with all the opportunities, grants, scholarship, scholarships, program, the first black president of a first world country. All the evidence is there that if you apply yourself, if you work hard, you can make it. How did Barry Gordy start Motown during the Jim Crow era? Although he was in Michigan, how did he, as a black man who worked at, I think, one of the auto, uh, he worked at Ford or one of the auto companies, how did he start Motown? By saying, I'm a victim, I can't make it. And this was during the 1950s and 60s. And we saw it became of Motown. How did John H. Johnson start Ebony and, and Jet Magazine? He started that in 1950s with a loan from his mother during the difficult era, the Jim Crow era in the United States. We have no excuses. My great grandmother owned beauty salons in New York, in Florida, she owned property. My grandfather, owned, great grandfather owned his own business. He was the second black man or the first black man to be a deputy sheriff in Volusia County, Florida. And we're talking the deep South. You know why? Because they embraced conservative values. They didn't call it conservative. They called it being a Christian and being a hard worker. They embraced hard work as a, in a good ethic and going to church and going to Sunday school. You know, they didn't lie around feeling sorry for themselves. They were born, my grandmother was, eight, great-grandmother was born in 1898, what, 30 years after slavery? Yet she went on to be an entrepreneur, owned property in Volusia County, Florida. What is the excuse now? I mean, the reason many of our young people are not able to compete at, at IBM or American Express or any corporate jobs is because when they were in high school in Brooklyn, instead of the teachers making sure they can speak proper grammar, they let them say, we brought our books to school, not we brought our books to school. 
So immediately you're interviewing this young man or woman. You know they were not properly educated. That's what's holding them back. The broken home and a broken educational system that will not ensure that Black students get the best education possible. It's about the narrative, Rob, and we spoke of that last week. It's about Blacks are victims, and they want us to continue to be victims in 2023. And I'll close with this note. If America was so racist, how come Haitians, Africans, everyone from around the world want to get to this racist, so-called racist nation? We have more opportunities here as Black Americans than in any place on the planet Earth. Name me a country where Blacks are more prosperous than they are here in the United States. And I mean widespread, not just a few kings of the village and uh, we own this and our family. No, where it's widespread. It's the United States. And we've been very blessed. And we need to start acting like it. Thank you so much. There you have it, folks. We're up against another commercial break. But we're going to come back and we're going to continue this discussion because people need to wake up and realize what's happening. You're listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Outlaw platform and my special guest host, B.B. Diamond of Our Urban Story. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. The last half of After Dark with Robin Andrew and my special guest host, B.B. Diamond of Our Urban Story. B.B. mentioned during the first half of the show and the second block, she talked about the language and Black's not speaking correct English. Well, she alluded to it. And she also talked about charter schools and public schools. 
and we've spoken about this on the show before. And one of the things that I find very disturbing is how the left are so adamant that they don't want kids, black kids, going to charter schools. Randy Weingarten, who's supposed to be the president of the teachers, Federal Teachers Federal Union. I don't trust her. She's evil. They don't want charter schools. I remember Mayor de Blasio. He was against charter schools. Charter schools are designed to educate children, to take them out of this public arena whereby they're teaching them everything but reading, math. They want to teach them about sex and you can have abortions and all this other stuff and drag queens as opposed to reading math and arithmetic. No, reading, writing, and arithmetic. And that's dangerous. So they're against charter schools. They want you to keep your kids in public schools. And as B.B. mentioned, the Clintons, the Obamas, they sent their kids to private schools. Rules for thee, not for me. We're going to send ours to private school. We don't want our kids going to public school. I will say Jimmy Carter, his daughter Amy Carter, did go to public schools. Hats off to him for that. I don't like much other of his policies, but he did do that. And then came along this whole thing with blacks can't speak correct English. So we want to give them Ebonics. Now, that was around, I think, uh, the late 19, 1990s. We want to teach, let them talk Ebonics. And you see that now, baby, in corporate America, when you hear black people talk. It's shameful. I shake my head. And some of them have gone to prestigious schools, but still speaking abonics. And now you see that there is a push to say, oh, we can change the dictionary up. We can change words up. We can say she, he, they, it. It's all a part of that indoctrination. And people don't connect the dots, but I'm connecting the dots. Yeah, they want to do it for the gender, but they also want to do it to say, well, why can't we say what we want to say? Why can't we talk the way we want to talk? Forget about the English language. Let's just say anything. Lowering the standards because black people, they say, they can't get it. And as you mentioned, BB, yeah, I can see it when you're coming out of slavery and you're like just thrown out there. It's like, what do I do all this time? You kept me from learning and now you want me to make it on my own? But that's been like hundreds of years ago and opportunities were opened up and we've had black teachers and they've been some of the best teachers. I mean, you look back at time. You look at a lot of the blacks that got their education during the 50s and the 40s. They came out with master's degrees and doctor's degrees and they were teaching our children. Not what we have now, people that are teaching our children that can barely speak English. Our children were taught by educated individuals. And now they want to lower the standards. Oh, because black people can't get it. But you can take an African from Africa. You can take an Asian. You can take a Chinese. You can take a Japanese. You can take anybody from overseas and bring them here. And they will speak correct English and will write correct English. The grammar is impeccable. But the black kids here going to public schools, oh, they can't do it. So we have to lower the standards. Why can't they do it? They've been born here. They were here all their lives. The, the illegals that are coming here across the border will go to our public schools and will learn English and will learn the correct grammar. But you get black kids in the inner city. That's all they know 
and will graduate speaking Ebonics. Well, what are Ebonics? It's mispronunciation of English. Can't speak English. As BB says, saying brought and brang and all the other stuff. Well, it was it was their 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 with their environment. What environment? They're going to public schools. Why aren't they learning anything? They've lowered the expectation. And they're saying that they can't. So when they lower the expectation, they want to lower it in every aspect. We want to lower it in schools. When it's time to go to the job market, we want to lower it. We want to just give them the job because of the color of their skin and not the content of their character and not what they've been they've been taught. We just want to lower it. And then when you hear people, black people like myself and BB speaking correct English, it's all oh, they're trying to act white. Why can it be they want to try to act black? How do you try to act white? How do you act white? And a lot of this is pushed by blacks. I read an article the other day that said that when black people and Hispanics succeed in life, they lose friends. If they sit back and they play dumb, oh, they'll have every friend in the book. But the moment they start to succeed, they start to excel in school, they start to lose friends. Why is that? Why is that? The low expectation. Oh, you can't succeed. And if you do succeed, you're learning the white man's way. We need to wake up. We need to wake up and start calling this out. And these so-called leaders we, that aren't doing anything but causing us more harm than good, we need to call them out. They say, we don't want none of that. We don't want any of it. Take it away. Because you are destroying our children. Bibi, what do you say? You know, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because it is true. Even when I was growing up, if you spoke proper English, if you tried to speak proper English, you were called acting white. I mean, that's a self-defeating message. So if you want to speak proper English, you want to work hard, you want to have good manners, you're acting white. We as Black people need to get out of that mentality. It's called acting like a civilized person. It's called learning proper English. I hear too many Black people, oh, we was going to the store. They don't match the subject to the, to the noun. It's we were going to the store. They just, they speak the way they write. It's one thing to speak it on the street. It's another to speak it in a corporate office. And so that's where many of our African-American fellow Blacks, they, they fail because they come to, to interviews with that street uh, uh, language and it's not accepted in corporate America. What we've been set up by the leftists and the liberals to fail, honestly, I believe that the fatherless homes, the of uh, the poor English, not making sure we're speaking proper grammar. We have basic mathematics, the focus on critical race theory, on transgenderism, and not on science and math and English and history. We are setting up our young people for failure by not making sure that they have the support system, the infrastructure to succeed. And it starts in the home the broken home or a home with five children and four different fathers of those children. The mother is doing whatever and the fathers are scattered. And you have five children who have to have to manage to get, get along, get to school. So many of our children are suffering from neglect. It's not the white man's fault. It's our fault. And we need to stop acting like victims and start living up to our best potential and to the 
Christian creed. The Bible says, raise up a child, train up a child in the way he should go. It's not meant for a 12-year-old to be raising a nine-year-old brother and they're both eating uh, Snickers bars at eight o'clock in the morning because they don't have a mother who's fixing them a decent breakfast. I mean, there's so much raggediness in our communities that we need people like you and I and others and my late mother to really speak the truth because without the truth, we can't get this right. Jesus said, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. As long as we demonize white people, demonize Jews, demonize Asians, we'll never fix the problem that's right before our eyes. Women having premarital sex with three or four different men have 10 children, half the father's not even known. This is the crux of the problem in, in the black communities. And then they're, uh, my final thought, then they're pushed into public schools where they're largely indoctrinated and not taught but the mother is too busy with her love life to pay attention to what her children is being, her child is being filled with. And it's not good. We've got to start paying attention and we've got to speak the truth. Thank you. You're right. We've got to start speaking the truth because that's the only way it's going to get out there. And we have to say it nonstop all the time, even if people don't like it. And a lot of people will resist, but we have to speak the truth. As you said, the truth will make you free. And we need the truth. And the truth is that a lot of these things that they're pushing out there for us to consume is not good. It has not helped us. It has done nothing for us but stop us. Only a few people have prospered from this. I was looking the other day, I think I sent you the article about the woman who tried to burn down the childhood home of Martin Luther King. A little bit is said about it. No one is calling her out. No, had we not found out that she was a black woman, the media would have told us it's the white man. See, they're trying to burn down King's home. But the moment they found out she was black, oh, let's just bury the story. Let's hide the story. Look at Jesse Summerlett. Look at what he did. Could have started a race riot. And Kamala Harris, the now vice president, was supporting him. She's yet to come back and say he was wrong. He did this. And Michelle Obama helped him get off. These bougie blacks supporting each other while other blacks are suffering we've got to do better we've got to do better and we've got to start denouncing them and a lot of these pastors over these mega churches that are silent because they don't want the tithes and offering to dry up god is going to hold you accountable he is going to hold you accountable for leading his people astray for not calling this out he's going to hold you accountable and so many others, he will hold accountable because you know what's happening is wrong. You know what's happening is wrong. How can we, all those years, when we could, I mean, live a simple life because of the hate in the country, and then when it changes, now we want to go back to that. Let's turn the clock back. Now let's stick it to them now. God is not pleased with this. And this is not going to help us out. It is not going to help us move forward. It is not going to help the country. It's going to cause more divisiveness. And Barack Obama, shame on you for not coming out and calling this out. Shame on you for keeping this lie going. Shame on you. But not standing up and say, wait a minute, this is wrong. Two wrongs don't make a right. We can't turn the clock back and say, okay, we're going to give to these people because of everything that they didn't have. 
when the opportunity is there. Look at Condoleezza Rice. How do you think she rose up? Hard work. But people don't want to work, baby. They just want it to be given to them. And this administration, that's what they're telling them. We will give to you. Keep voting for us, and we will keep giving to you. Now, never mind the fact that when, the, when, the, when they stop giving, when the doors shut up, then what are you going to live off? It won't always be this way. What happens when the tide turns? Then what will you have? And BB, that's what they're not seeing and thinking. What do you say? You're absolutely right. It will not always be this way. Right now, they're living off the fat of the land. But if we continue down this course and don't correct our ways, we don't know what may be coming our way. So we need to correct our ways, become turn to God, and have a good work ethic and get off our duffs. We are made in the image of God and he endowed us with a lot of talent and gifts. But because we want handouts, we're not exercising and using those talents and gifts and we will be held accountable. Thank you. Well, folks, what, I got, what can I say? We're all out of time here on After Dark with Robin Andrew. But I hope you take this with you and I hope you share it with your friends because it's time to wake up. We cannot continue down this path of DEI. And as BB said, during the second block, a lot of companies are waking up and they're saying, we don't want this because it's not helping us out. It's only causing more division. And that's what it's created to do to cause more division, to raise up one while the other is down below. And how can you do that without causing more friction? America, it's time to wake up. An awakening is upon us. And if we don't wake up and answer the call, we will be damned. We will be damned. You're listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. And my special guest host tonight is B.B. Diamond. You can hear B.B. on Facebook every Saturday at 3 p.m. on our Urban Story. I would encourage you to go and to listen to that podcast because it is the same thing that I'm giving you here with the same facts with the Bible to back it up. I say to you, as my dear friend Andrew would say, stand for something or fall for nothing. God bless America and God bless Israel. Good night. Thank you.